0: of radio because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right, we are back once again, ladies and gentlemen. It is that time, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. I'm Big Man, and as always, joining me, Cooper. Cooper. How you doing, brother? Doing pretty good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing well, my man. We are ready for some Saturday wrestling
0: talk. Oh, yes, wrestling, baby. That's what's up. That's right. We got some news for you guys, so let's get right into this. All right, man. So first up, we have from S.E.
1: Scoops, home wrestling news for WWE News, about Kofi Kingston's recent absence from Monday Night Raw. This article is by Ian, uh, Ian Carey. This article was on January 18th, 2021. Kofi Kingston hasn't wrestled since January 4th, uh, the January 4th edition of WWE Raw. He missed last week's show due to a broken jaw. On the most recent edition of the New Day Feel the Power podcast, Kingston detailed when and how he suffered the injury. Uh, Quote, I got neat in the face by Cedric Alexander like three weeks ago and a couple of my teeth chipped. It was all fine. It was cool. And at the point of impact, it was just real sore. I thought, okay, it's a bruise or whatever. Unquote. The next week, we actually had like a six-man match and everything was fine and a little pain, but not terrible. Oh, sorry, it was still quoting there. <clears throat> the day after New Day lost to the Raw Tag Team Titles to the Hurt Business at TLC, Kingston tweeted out the following. Kofi Kingston jaw injury. Kingston would continue to say that his jaw just didn't feel right in the weeks and matches that followed. Then the next week when we had our match right before we went out, it just kept feeling like it was just loose. Kofi continued. As soon as we get out to the ring... I'm moving around and now I'm feeling like it's kind of like coming out of place and just felt like it wasn't set in. I feel like if the fans were there, I wouldn't have felt that. Uh, Like throughout the whole entire match, anytime something would happen, I would get hit or whatever. I'll grab my jaw and I'm like the entire match thinking about it the whole time. Kingston also mentioned he's not sure if he would have noticed the injury had there been fans in the arena. I've been not necessarily injured, but I've been hurt in a match and you feel the adrenaline of a crowd and it makes you all will your way through it. It changes the whole dynamic of how we do and what we do and, and the approach. So, Koopa, your thoughts on Kingston
0: being out this past uh, few weeks? A broken jaw, brother. Wow. Um, yeah, but he is he is totally right. I mean, the fans they bring a whole different aspect to the to the game there, and mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe this was good for him. Right. The fans not being there it was it actually, you know, it was kind of like. Kind of like that that trade deal with with uh, that NBA player, you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, sometimes certain things happen, right, for your benefit too. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, all the all the best go out to Kofi. Hopefully, he uh, heals up well, and we'll be back soon because we know Xavier really needs. Yeah,
1: Xavier, <laughs> Xavier's been struggling. Alright, so let's go ahead and uh, dive into Raw this past week. Let's do it. It is not often a WWE show ends with a fireball. Alexa Bliss made a lasting impact when she threw a fireball into the eyes of Randy Orton. Just one week week later, the goddess was set to speak on the January 18th edition of Monday Night Raw. Only the beginning of a major night for Bliss. She also returned to the ring in a huge non-title clash against Asuka. The Raw Women's Champion has been absolutely dominant, but she's never faced the new dangerous form of the goddess. The Hurt Business had tormented everyone on Raw as of late. One man constantly on the group's radar is Ben Riddle. This week, the original bro teamed up with Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik to face Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, and Shelton Benjamin. The Royal Rumble is less than two weeks away. Of course, now for us, it's actually just a little over a week away. And that means it is time for wrestlers to build lasting momentum. Only one man and one woman can get to WrestleMania 37 through the Rumble match. This January 18th episode did not promise much before the show, but three hours on on the road to the Royal Rumble cannot be anything less than uh, memorable. So first up, we have Randy Orton addressing his burn wounds at the hands of Alexa Bliss from the the previous week. After a video package celebrating the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr., Randy Orton spoke in a dark ring wearing a mask to protect his burned face. He explained that he was lucky only taking first-degree burns to the face. He warned that his compassion was now gone. He blamed The Fiend for what happened, even though he was burned alive. He told Bray Wyatt that he would not s- stop him from winning the thir- his third Men's Royal Rumble match, and he promised he would compete even masked. Your thoughts on Randy Orton?
0: Oh, man. The mask, man. It was just... It was, this whole statement was brutal, dude. Uh, I didn't really care for the mask. He could have came out with something a little bit cooler. Um... You know, I, I understand he's trying to show that he has first-degree burns. Uh-huh. Um, even that didn't look really like first-degree burns, but that's just me. Right. Um, I don't really care how, for how this whole segment went about because mm-hmm. I didn't care for the fireball thing in the first place because it didn't look real. Right, It looked faked. And, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is what it is with
1: it. Yeah, it was uh, very unimpressive. And then, of course, his so-called wounds. when the, Clearly, the fireball also glanced towards the side of his face where he looking like his so-called burn is right in, directly in face or when it actually wasn't. So yeah, it was very poorly <laughs> acted out in that sense. Um, but well, I will this... give him credit. There was good makeup on his nose because that did look like a cool burn.
0: Oh, yeah. It, it's, you know, <laughs> it's... It's wrestling, so... It is. It is what it is.
1: <laughs> Our new favorite saying, it is what it is. Yep. <laughs> All right, man, we're going to move on to Charlotte Flair versus Peyton Royce. All right, let's do it. Backstage, Charlie Caruso asked Lacey Evans and Ric Flair about the relationship. The sassy Southern Belle was not interested in any gossip, however. Evans did not have enough time, though, to, uh, to get her front row tickets before Peyton Royce attacked Charlotte Flair from behind. Evans' partner dominated early on in the contest, blasting the queen at every opportunity. Fully distracted, Charlotte struggled to even put together a comeback. An elbow smash set up a hanging neck breaker from the queen, but Rick and Evans finally arrived. The sassy southern belle came out in a dramatic flare robe, setting up Royce to blast the former women's champion with a big boot. However, neither woman went down easily. Royce hurt her left knee, and the queen knew exactly what she needed to do. She set her up uh, set up her finish signature finisher with a series of knee drops, and then locked in the figure eight, forcing a tap out. afterward Charlotte refused to relent, holding submission well past the bell. Cooper, your thoughts on Charlotte picking up some aggression on Peyton Royce.
0: Uh yeah, man. I think she's really angry about what's going on with uh Lacey Evans and her dad and and Evans coming out wearing the uh the Rick fire robe. Uh mm-hmm. This whole this whole thing is kind of crazy, dude. We'll see what happens. Uh, I know it's it's meant for big storyline, so we'll see see what goes on here. Yeah, it's going to be very
1: very interesting, probably because the titles will be on the line at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I want to see. We'll see who it ends up being, because uh, I heard I also know that uh, the tag t- t- champs also made an appearance on SmackDown. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up challenging them this week or this coming weekend. Yeah. Xavier Woods versus Mace uh, was the next match. WWE showed the interview uh, of Mustafa Ali recorded earlier in the day where he explained that he wanted to hurt Xavier Woods to break Kofi Kingston's spirit, the man who stole his opportunity two years ago. Ali talked trash to Woods before the match, and he got a a fist to the face for it. While Woods kept that fire, the group at ringside was too much of a distraction. Ali took a baseball sliding to the table and lost his cool. He demanded Mace finish it, and Mace obliged, hitting a leg lariat and a spin-out fireman's carry for the, uh, carry slam for the win. The leader of the Retribution smiled at the Fallen Woods and told him he would soon join Kofi Kingston out of action. Cooper, your thoughts on uh, Retribution and their leader, Masafa Ali,
0: taking their uh, attention to the New Day? Yeah, this this really sucks. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, they they... Had a plan for New Day, and right now with everything going on with Kofi, Mm -hmm. they're just kind of throwing it into, right, throwing him into these matches against Retribution, which is not benefiting him or Retribution at all. It's just filling the spot. It is basically. So uh, it it really sucks. I mean, these these guys in Retribution, I. I know I've talked crap about them, but a lot of the guys in Retribution are pretty big. They're pretty stout. Um, so it would be cool to see them maybe move on from to a different kind of storyline or whatever. But this beating up on Xavier Woods just really is just not cool. Only if they're not taking out Ricochet all the damn time like they were. <laughs> yeah, well, then there's that.
1: So. <clears throat> so technically, I mean, it is a little bit of a nice move on. All right, so uh, Asuka uh, came on to Alexa Bliss's playground. <laughs> the video aired Sunday announcing the location of the next three WrestleManias uh, was replayed. Asuka was asked about what she expected from Alexa Bliss tonight. When the Empress of Tomorrow seemed uncertain and perhaps worried about the dark side of Bliss, the goddess introduced Alexa's playground to Asuka before making it clear that she would enter the Women's Royal Rumble match. Oscar tried to play nice with Bliss, but she only seemed to get the god on the goddess's nerve. After she invoked Bray Wyatt's name, the goddess scared the Raw Women's Champion into walking away in
0: fear. Your thoughts on Alexa Bliss's playground and Oscar up here? Oh man, this, this segment. I mean, it's it's. I understand what they're doing. You know, anybody that comes in contact with Bray Wyatt. They change, uh-huh. so uh, it, it's different. It's and she does have that creep factor to her, which I kind of like. It's kind of kind of sexy. <laughs> but uh, other than that, <laughs> I mean, what can you really say about it? I mean, I don't think Oscar is truly really afraid of anything. So yeah, this was kind of. It is what it is. Yeah, it's a little weird to play off of uh, Oscar having a fear like that. Yeah. When she's taking she But, I on... mean, she, she didn't play the part really well. I was just, yeah. just like, eh, I don't know.
1: Was it, my concern was, is it really more fear or just concern of the st- mental stability of Bliss as she walked off? Or <laughs> that, all? yeah. So, all right, man, we're going to move on to Shayna Baszler versus Mandy Rose mm-hmm. with Nia Jackson and Dana Brooke uh, in each corner. Let's do it. Jeff Jarrett predicted Goldberg would defeat Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. Shannon Blazer explained that she was willing to do anything, including going through Nia Jax to win the Women's Royal Rumble, which ticked off the irresistible force. Jax watched on uh, commentary as the Queen of Spades went after the elbow of God's greatest creation. A vicious stomp on the left elbow left Mandy Rose working with only one good arm to fight back. Excuse me. A fierce comeback was not enough as Baszler manipulated the elbow and caught her in the coquete. Kofi- kofi- I hate that dang word, man. It always catches me. I'm just going to say the coquete clutch because that's basically what it is. Just the female version. <laughs> Dana Brooke managed to knock uh, knock Jax into the steel post as the heel team argued at ringside backstage. Baszler demanded another sh- shot at the Women's Tag Team Championship, Champions Charlotte Asuka. The Queen said in an interview that she was now focused on hurting Lacey Evans. Cooper, your thought on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax's uh, broken <laughs> broken up team? It looks
0: like now. Oh, well, it's been broken up pretty much since they since they even got together. They both admit they don't like each other. Right. So, I mean, I honestly think this is great. This is great for the Rumble because you know, you see them two get in the ring. They're gonna they're gonna try to throw one one of you know each other out. So we'll see right. what happens with it. Uh, I'm kind of happy because I want to see Shayna Baszler and Jax be singles competitors again. Right. So, Concentrating you know. on making their way up the ladder climb to be
1: singles champions, not yes, bad champions. Yes. Alright, man. Next up, we had a Royal Rumble opportunity on the line as AJ Styles with Almost taking on Ricochet. Adam Pearce explained to Ricochet that he would only earn a spot in the Men's Royal Rumble match if he won against AJ Styles. What's that about? With Adam Pierce using AJ Styles as a as, someone as, to keep. as the,
0: uh, <laughs> the, the the
1: torch holder or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, if you want to spot, you got to beat AJ. You know, yeah. If you want to spot, you got to beat AJ. two like what the heck is going it's on? It's two here? weeks in a row. The phenomenal one mocked the one and only uh, as a loser, not worthy of the Rumble. Ricochet came out confident on the, from the onset, faster and more aggressive than Styles. Almost caught the one-and-only jumping and dropped him to the floor. This allowed the Phenomenal One to take over with vicious focus, even nearly taking the win with a Brain Buster. Stylers went out for a Phenomenal Forearm that the one-and-only turned into a a recoil for a near-fall. The two fought on the top rope and Styles knocked him down. He bounced Ricochet off the top rope right into the Styles Clash for a win. I actually saw this. That was actually pretty impressive for AJ Styles, not using the top rope to bounce Ricochet into a Styles Clash.
0: Yeah, every now and then, dude, he, he comes up with some, some some crafty shit, dude, so yeah, you gotta give it to him. He is the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. I know you really don't care for him, but it is what it is. He is the phenomenal one. He's the soccer mom. Nope. Yeah. I'm sticking
1: with John Cena on that one. Soccer mom is what he is. But anyways, give us, give us a little bit more thought on that. Besides the fact that he's the phenomenal one.
0: I mean, uh, the fact that they're using him as the torch carrier, I guess, to uh, whoever can beat him goes to the Rumble. I'm like, okay. Like, why? Right. I mean... Uh, my, my only concern is, what if AJ lost one of these matches? Is he out of the Rumble, then? I mean, come on. what was that? I don't don't get it, dude. Uh, But, yeah, I think Ricochet deserves deserves to be in the rumble. But from what I hear from him, he might not be re-signing his contract. So this might be his his on-his-way-out type thing. he's been suffering
1: a lot of losses as of late. So it's not really surprising that he could be on his way out. Because that usually seems a good indicator with WWE that your contract is null and void soon. And you're not coming back. (laughs) There's quite a few losses.
0: Like, oh, by the way, you're not going to sign with us, so you have to lose every match until Yeah, until you're done. And for, for God's sakes, don't get injured.
1: Otherwise, we can extend you. Yeah. And then make you lose some more when you come back. <laughs> All right. And the Miz and Morrison had another episode of The Dirt Sheet. Uh, of course, this was going to be, um, supposed to be, them bringing on Goldberg and possibly Drew McIntyre. However, of course, the Miz and Morrison would introduce uh, Gilbert rather than Goldberg. (laughs) Everybody misses Gilbert every now and then. And uh, Drew McIntyre's music hit, but it was another impersonator. The A-lister and the Shaman of Sexy. Oh, look, they finally referred to him as the Shaman of Sexy again instead
0: of uh, Jomo, which freaked us out last time when they referred to him as Jomo. Yeah, and if you don't know, we're getting most of our... uh... You know, most of our notes from uh, the Bleacher Report and WWE.com. Absolutely. Of course, they all
1: lost interest quickly to the terrible McIntyre impersonator from New Jersey. Miz took over and explained that McIntyre and Goldberg would lose come Royal Rumble because Miz would cash in and take the WWE Championship. I'm sorry. What in his... Unless Drew McIntyre or Goldberg is somehow destroyed by the other and as a champion, there ain't no way he's going to hit a skull-crushing finale and win that championship
0: at the Rumble. No way, dude. Um, from the looks of it, they might have bigger plans for Goldberg, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the moose has anything to do with what might happen at the Rumble.
1: Mm-mm. My my interesting theory would be, though, what if somehow Morrison won the Rumble?
0: That's just weird. Yeah, that that just puts a whole new twist to everything, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, this this segment was kind of lackluster. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Yeah, it was funny though to see Goldberg. I haven't seen Goldberg in years. Right. So, I was kind of like, heck, Goldberg. Right. And it's then, always uh, it's always a good little. Uh, it's just trunk. funnier. It's just funnier if Goldberg would show up and actually spear him and would make it so much better but right you know. just one time just boom yeah, yeah it'd be great um but the, the uh the guy from New Jersey that was that was quiet <laughs> yeah it was okay um i didn't really care for the segment i think they kind of just threw it in there cuz you know they they knew they'd get away with picking on him cuz they weren't going to be there right. so
1: absolutely yeah. all right man next up you had the lucha house party and riddle versus the hurt business Riddle played nice with the hurt business until he decided to throw a snide comment toward Bobby Lashley. The Almighty attacked and injured the bro the original bro's left foot. Cedric Alexander talked trash in his own to his own tag team partner Shelton Benjamin. this is getting to be weird that these two are clashing right. Far too cocky for his own good. His own part uh, his own partners were not interested in letting him tag out afterward Alexander almost got it rolled up for a three by uh, Lynch Dorado. Is it Lince Dorado is it Lince. Lince Dorado? Okay. Finally, Benjamin forced his way into the match and threw around Dorado. The Almighty did damage as well before the more miscommunication ensued, and uh, angering MVP. Benjamin knocked Alexander clear out of the ring after talking to MVP. <laughs> Alexander seemed to refocus. Uh, the heel failing to put Dorado away, though, set up for a big hot tagged riddle. The original bro moved quickly in spite of his foot, hitting the final flash knee. Followed by a floating bro that just barely missed. Grand Medalite took the tag and went down to a Brain Buster, followed by a spear and the Hurt Lock. Afterward, the original bro caught the Almighty with a kick before bailing.
0: Your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, man. Uh, this match went back and forth all the way. Uh, but, the, I mean, the biggest story here is what's going on between that Hurt business, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, total meltdown. Right? In the middle of a match. Yeah. Like, what is going on with these guys? It's just another one of Too many of his... egos, dude. Too many egos. Yeah, it's, it's basically trying to put together this all-star team of egos. And... And, and poor Riddle has to be pretty much in the middle of all of it. He's getting picked on left and right, so. Right. But, I mean, he is the one that is
1: a former MMA fighter just like... Uh, the Almighty is and wants to prove his
0: Oh yeah. Well, not, I standing. hope he does get his, his one-on-one with uh the Almighty at the Royal Rumble and we'll see what happens. Right. Alright, man. Next up we had Jeff Hardy taking on Jackson Riker with
1: Elias in tow. Drew McIntyre spoke from his home gym calling the Miz and Morrison clowns. Not surprising. Yeah. He gave respect to Goldberg but was confident he would give everything to remain WWE champion. The Scottish psychopath promised he would return next week to Raw. In the locker room, though, Elias told Jackson Riker to listen clearly and not mess up like last week. While Riker had the charismatic enigma struggling for a time, Hardy hit the twist of fate and then set up for a swanton bomb. The living truth knocked Hardy off the top rope to cause a disqualification. Afterward, Riker and Elias argued about another miscommunication, and Riker took out the charismatic enigma in anger. Cooper, your thoughts on this weird
0: brew rivalry? Yeah, uh, Riker's a badass, dude, and I think that Jeff Hardy just got caught in the crossfire of whatever's going on between him and Elias, um, uh-huh. uh, and I think, kind of, Jeff Hardy lit the fire with that one, so, uh, eventually they're not gonna be together, cause, I mean, I think Elias is a good singles committer, and so is Riker, I think that if they were gonna put them together, they should have put them as a tag team and not as whatever weird tangent this is. It's just
1: basically it's a superstar with a valet or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes it's it's not really good when you had a big guy teaming up with a big guy. It works better when you got the little guy who has a big guy. You know what I mean? Like AJ, and almost. Yeah, it works out better. It's hard to have two big guys being being you know. Unless they're actual equal
0: partners and a tag team, it just doesn't really work. Yeah, I think they'd be a good tag team if they actually actual tag team, but they just, whatever they're doing with them, I don't get it.
1: Me neither. Alright, and of course the main event featured Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss was outmatched early, Asuka came out after her vicious strikes, and the goddess could only escape outside the ring. Suddenly the lights went down and Bliss changed completely, staring down the Raw Women's Champion without emotion. Oscar was caught off guard and found herself struggling to match the speed and intelligence of Bliss. The goddess dominated the Empress of Tomorrow, blocking and dodging her best strikes. Oscar would barely escape the mandible claw, but got planted with the left hand. Uh, the Empress fought back with a series of vicious round kicks, but Bliss felt no pain, planting Oscar with his sister Abigail to capture an impressive victory. Afterward, Bliss switched right back to her smiling persona. Yeah, that was
0: weird. <laughs> yeah, the way she walked around that ring and just like didn't show any emotion, dude. I was like, she's—I mean, she's got it, dude. She's she's doing something here. I like it. Um, but I just ah, this whole thing with Bray Wyatt—it just drives me crazy. Yeah. Because I wish they would have done something like this sooner in his career with him. Yeah. yeah. Because he just. It's just hard to believe now.
1: <laughs> it is. Alright, man, so let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about some AEW from Wednesday night Dynamite. Let's do it. So, this goes, credit still goes to uh, AEW and also the Bleacher Report. Uh, as with every week, All Elite Wrestling announced a stacked lineup for Wednesday's Dynamite, but this week's show was a little bit different because AEW held a birthday party for Brody Lee Jr. The way AEW has continued to... To show support to John Huber's family has been amazing, and to see the company continue uh, to feature his son so prominently is actually heartwarming. This week uh, also featured Cody Rhodes taking on Pretty Peter Avalon in a match the the American Nightmare claim would take him less than a minute to win. The Inner Circle took its first step toward exploding this week with a three-way tag team match to determine which duo would be the official tag team of the group. Santana and Ortiz teamed up to take on the pairing of Jericho and MGF, while Sammy Guevara tagged with Jake Hager. Big Money Matt Hardy tried to earn a winning paycheck with Private Party when he took when they took on Top Flight, and Matt Sodell in the women's division. Penelope Ford battled Legit Layla Hirsch. So, are you ready, my brother? Let's do this, brother. All right. So, Happy Birthday, Brody Lee Jr. in Dark Order versus TH2 and Chaos Project. Brody uh, Brody Jr. came out on the shoulders of Number Ten to celebrate his birthday on the stage with the entire Dark Order organization. His mom and brother could have been, could be seen cheering in the crowd. John Silver hyped up the possibility of Adam Page joining the Dark Order before he led the rendition of Happy Birthday uh, for, of the Happy Birthday song for Negative One. Luther and uh, Serpentic, Serpentico yeah, came out to the vo- to voice their displeasure. Of course they did. TH2 joined them and fought the Dark Order until Hangman came out and hit a huge dive onto, the, onto everyone. Silver and Hangman, Colt Cabana, and Alex Reynolds got into the ring to battle TH2 and Chaos Project in the first match of the night. What followed was a series of tags at regular intervals, double-team moves, and uh, the occasional save by a teammate. Cabana ended up putting Luther's face into a cake <laughs> <laughs> that's always fun. while Silver and Reynolds scored the win over Serpentico. Brody Jr. hit Serpentico with a kendo stick and then called everyone idiots when he told them his birthday was three days ago. (laughs) Silver asked Paige if he was ready to join the Dark Order, but Paige said he couldn't. He said his last group didn't work out, but he has had fun hanging out with them. Paige grabbed a bottle of booze from Stu Grayson and walked to the back. Cooper, your thoughts on the opening tag team? Look, we're back to opening
0: with a tag match. An opening tag match for AEW. We love this <laughs> surprise! Um, surprise! I think it's awesome what they what they did for uh, Brody Jr. Um, and and just letting the kid go out there and have some fun. You know what I mean? What right. uh, well, you know? And being there for him and his family in this hard time. I mean, it it probably means a lot to the kid. Uh, the match itself was a very good match. You know, back and forth a lot of the way, and mm-hmm. you know, it was good.
1: Yeah, so it was, yeah. Alright, man, so uh, next up we had uh, Cody versus the pretty Peter Avalon. I don't know why they call him pretty, but, you know, we're, we'll just go with what they say. Don yeah. Callis did have a conversation with the young boats in Kenny Omega's house and told them they're holding Omega back. It ended with what appeared to be an attack by the Bucks. Back in the arena, though, Peter, pretty Peter Avalon made his way to the ring to battle Cody. The announcers made sure to mention that Avalon has been on a winning streak on AEW Dark. Avalon ran right into Cody's arms and went down to the crossroads. Before Cody could make the cover, Jade Cargill came out and stood on the stage. Avalon hit a low blow while the ref had his back turned and started working over Cody's knee. The American Nightmare turned the tables uh, in the corner, but Avalon was able to hit a big uh, superplex. They fought outside the ring for a bit before Pretty Peter hit a vertical suplex for a quick one count. After a commercial break, Avalon missed a moonsault. Uh, the, they also missed a leapfrog, but recovered quickly. I don't know why it said they. I guess I didn't read that part. And Avalon hit a suicide dive. Cody hit a cutter out of nowhere to start his comeback. Avalon ended up tapping out to a figure four, but only because Cody was going to slap him in the face.
0: Yes. Yes, only because he's going to slap him in the face, and he didn't want to hurt his pretty boy image should have slapped him anyways. I know, right? So yeah. You're
1: tap or I'm gonna slap you. Okay. So, what is that?
0: This match was just like what 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 is this? What what's going on here? Uh you know, I'm I'm glad Cody got the win, but it was just is like what the freak. I know, right? Oh,
1: mercy. All right. Next up we had John Moxley versus Nick Komor- Komoroto? Komorodo. All right, Nick. I'm just going to call him Nick. Now. Right now. I, Nick, We'll just do Nick. Nick got a chance to perform on a national <laughs> stage this week, but he had the unevenable task of taking on a fresh and angry John Moxley. The nightmare factory student had a significant size and power advantage, but an early headbutt gave Moxley upper hand. Nick hit a body slam as QT, Marshall, and Dustin Rose watched from the crowd. The big man hit a few power moves but couldn't score the pin. He lined up to hit Moxley in the corner. But the former AEW champion avoided the hit and uncorked some stiff kicks to the chest. Mox hit a German suplex and applied a sleeper hold. To, uh, applied a sleeper hold to get the win. If so I say it correctly, he gave a promo promo directed at Omega and said it would be a sweet. It would be sweet
0: when he regains the AEW title. Your thoughts? Uh, it's good to see him back in action. That's for sure. Um... And the, this new guy, he's he's pretty big, dude. So, you know, he, he may be new, but you know what? He, he took a beating too while he was at it. So it was good to see uh, old Mox get the win. And uh, hopefully we'll see him back in the, uh, well, like you said, back in the title, huh? Omega, yeah. Omega deserves to get his ass kicked for what they did to him, so. Uh-huh. And uh, actually, it was good to see Mox back
1: in action, period, other than just attacking Omega. I mean, that was great the week prior, but it was just nice to see um, Moxley actually back in the ring fighting. So, it's always good when you see John Moxley. (laughs) Though, I do miss his uh, awesome uh, hardcore matches because those are more fun. Oh, yes. He gets more cynical. Sadistic. Fantastic. All right, next up, we have Private Party and Matt Hardy taking on Top Flight and Matt Sedell. Mark Quinn, Isaiah Kennedy, and Hardy were out to take on Sedell, Darius, and Dante Martin. Dante and Quinn started for their teams and shook hands to show some sportsmanship. Sedell tagged in and hit, a <clears throat> and hit a kick after a triple leapfrog. Sedell had to remind one of his partners that he was a legal man when they went for a pin. Quinn and Cassidy turned things around when the show went to break. We returned to see Cassidy holding Sedel down in a headlock. Hardy got it, got the tag, and went on a rampage against all three opponents. Cassidy used a chair while Hardy distracted the ref. Quinn took advantage and hit a shooting star press for the win. Cooper, your thoughts?
0: Ah, I don't know what they're doing with, with Matt Hardy, making him their their uh, manager, and now he's money. Matt Hardy. I don't really care for this, um, and. Why you gotta go for and get a win? You know, like that, like the the ah uh, the illegal way of doing things. Was, to me, it's just I don't like it. I don't care for it. All right,
1: it's it's crazy. It's weird to see Matt in this kind of persona.
0: It's not his normal usual. Yeah, I thought when he was gonna go to AEW that he was gonna be able to be like the broken Matt uh, Hardy, which I was like, oh, finally, we get to see you know. I mean, we got to see a little bit of it in the WWE, but I wanted to see him grow, grow that character more. Yeah, and it looked
1: like he—that's what he looked like—he was starting out with when he came when he first appeared in AEW. Yeah, and then he's now moved again away from that, which seemed really odd. Yeah, I don't get it. Me, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe he's waiting for Jeff to come back to be brother Nero and, and do it that way. Maybe. So, cuz I don't know, I don't know how much longer Jeff has on his contract, but I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the jump to AEW once it's uh once it's over. Yeah, me either. I, I hope he does for sure. All right. All right, so next up we had the women's match of the night, Penelope Ford versus Layla Hirsch. Miro, his butler Chuck Taylor and Kip Sapien accompanied Ford to her match against Hirsch. They locked up and Hirsch showed off some of her technical ability by taking Ford down and rolling her around on the mat. Uh, Ford knocked her down with a shoulder tackle, but Hirsch skipped up and brought her down with another armbar, into an armbar, sorry. Ford got to her foot on the rope uh, to force a break, though. Hirsch confronted Sabian and gave Ford an opportunity to do a pump kick. After the break, Hirsch regained the upper hand and hit a nice German suplex. Ford tripped her in the middle on the middle, turnbuckle, but missed an axe kick. Hirsch drove out of the ring oh dove out of the ring onto Taylor and Sabian. But once again turning her attention away from Ford was her undoing. And Sabian held her foot while
0: Ford covered her for the pin. Koopa, your thoughts. Yeah, that's what happens when you have way too many people on the outside of the ring. Um, <laughs> I think that it was a good match. I think that uh, Hirsch, man, she she reminded me a little bit of a Ronda Rousey type, type look to her type feel. Mm-hmm. Like she was in there kicking butt on Penelope before, dude. So yeah. uh, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I just wish there wasn't so much outside interference. Yeah. Basically, uh, Layla Hirsch needs to team up with some people and the uh,
1: next time she takes on Penelope. Oh, definitely. Um, to make sure it balances out better. For oh, her. yeah. All right, man. Next up is the triple tag team match from, but facing off with the inner circle versus the inner circle versus Ooh, the inner circle. This was Oof. And, of course, we ended on a tag match. Back this to normal started AEW. We ended on a tag match. We, we ended, ended on, on a tag, tag match. match. Oh, it makes you feel like AE Nor- AEW went back to normal for yes. a minute. Because it was a little weird last week when it didn't do it that way. We're like, what is happening? <laughs> All right, here we go. In the main event of the night, saw the entire inner circle compete as three separate teams to see which duo would get the challenge for the AEW Tag Team titles. MJF shown, uh, was shown trying to play both sides earlier in the show. After an initial showdown between Guevara and MJF, Jericho tagged ink to face faces former partner. Y2J wanted to have a good exchange, but Guevara was looking to make a statement. Hager nailed Jericho with a big right hand after Guevara sent him into the corner. Jericho tagged out to Santana while Hager tagged himself in to take him on. Santana took control and brought, or, brought in Ortiz for a quick double team. MJF finally tagged into the match only for Hagar to run him over. The MMA fighter brought Guevara back in so he could hit a springboard cutter. Ortiz tagged himself in, but Guevara kept the upper hand. Hager stopped Jericho from using his bat and MGF uh and MJF from using his ring. Everybody took turns hitting big moves on each other until MJF rolled up Guevara with a handful of trunks for the
0: pin. Koopa, your thought on this back-and-forth inner circle man Dude, this just goes show how much talent is in the inner circle. Now, this is too to be said that too many egos in one faction, we, and we know how that goes. Mm-hmm. It all implodes eventually. So I think eventually it will implode because... Nobody cared when they brought in MJF into the fold. Yeah. They didn't want him there, and now that him and Jericho have rolled up, H- you know, I don't want to say Hagar. <laughs> it's Sammy. Sammy. <laughs> it's <the> Sammy Hagar. <laughs> yes. By the way, Sammy Hagar actually took a lot of liking to this tag team. And he said it was his new favorite tag team. And he actually made an appearance uh, on AEW in a little a little uh, video clip about it. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, the fact that, you know, they rolled up Sammy Guevara. Well, I mean, it's just, it's, the inner circle's going to implode. At and, some point, yeah. At some point. And this just goes to show it. Because I don't think MJF and Chris Jericho would be good tag team champions. Right. All right, man. So let's go ahead and move on to Friday Night
1: SmackDown. Let's do it. Good way to end the podcast, as usual, because that's basically how we end the podcast when we talk wrestling talk. Really? <laughs> it's Friday Night SmackDown because it happens last. All right. First up, we had Oscar and Charlotte taking on the Riot Squad in a non-title match. The WWE Women's Tag Champions rolled into the Blue Brand looking for a battle, and the Riot Squad were happy to oblige. Billy Kay did her best to try and prove her worth in the Riot Squad's corner. She provided an unintentional assist to set up Liv Morgan for a shattering kick to Charlotte Flair. When Billy attempted to make an impact once more, she unintentionally diverted the ref away as Ruby Riot had Oscar rolled up for a pin. The mistake proved costly as the Queen tagged in and landed a natural selection on Riot to secure the victory. Whoo, Cooper! Your thoughts on Oscar and Charlotte beating the Riot Squad?
0: Uh, I say Billy Kay needs to go the hell away. I, I don't care for her. I never have. I don't really... I think she's just annoying. She is. She was and, better off being part of the Iconics with Peyton Royce. And it's... And even that, that was really stupid for them. Even to that him. was really annoying. It so was, but it worked. It worked, but it was annoying. It, I didn't care for it. Worked. I understand, yeah. but it
1: worked. That was the whole point. It worked. Yeah. So, um... But, obviously, Peyton keeps proving yeah, that she's yeah, I mean, better. Oscar and
0: Charlotte coming in and, and, and getting the win on the blue brand. Mm-hmm. So, there you go, bro.
1: Yeah, not surprising. Since they, they are the only tag team uh, in the women's division, of course, the tag champs can appear on uh, multiple brands. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they showed up at Edding's T at some point just because that's what they can do, honestly. So. They
0: do what they want.
1: Yeah, because that's basically what you get to do when you're the only champion for your division. So that's what happens. <laughs> yep. All right, next up we had Cesaro taking on Dolph Ziggler. Cesaro began the night stating his case as to why he's the ultimate Royal Rumble competitor and ended with a strong closing argument. The match began in a frantic pace until the Swiss cyborg slowed the pace with an impressive swing of the showoff. I love it when he goes swinging. <laughs> oh, yes. Especially when it's to someone I don't care for. <laughs> I love when he goes. Yeah, I'm gonna roll around the crowd. When it's a live crowd, it's like, yes, do it. I love it when he does it twice.
0: Right. He stops it and then he goes. You want me to do it again? The crowd's like, yes, do it again. It's fun. And really, dude, like for me, that that move would scare the hell out of me. (laughs) Like I don't care, dude. I don't like being spun around in circles. Period. Right. So I think I would be like screaming like a little girl, like ah. (laughs) Don't let go! Don't let go! <laughs> all right, a
1: zigzag nearly gave Ziggler the victory, but Cesaro was able to kick out, and a neutralizer gave him back-to-back wins over the former world champion on the Blue Brand. Cooper, your thoughts
0: on Cesaro defeating Ziggler? Dude, Cesaro's on a roll, and uh, I hope he really, I hope he does good in the uh, the Rumble. Um, it's nice to see him back in action after dealing with all the injuries and such that he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. He. Took some time off. Now he's back and uh, he's the Swiss Superman again. How you doing? All right. Or the Swiss sideboard. Or it? that, whatever. Or uh, <clears throat> it should be
1: um, the next James Bond. Just saying. Oh. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I mean, the guy The guy would be a pretty cool. I mean, he did that intro for a while before him and a. Oh, yeah. Seamus teamed and I up. thought that was a cool intro, too. How he basically, I'm like, dude, I mean, give let let him try. If he can act, let's give it a shot. Maybe we'll see what happens. I mean, Daniel Craig can't play James Bond forever, so let's give him, you know, his Exactly. And he already admits, he, and he, we already kind of know he actually can speak multiple languages, so it'd actually give another element to James Bond. That right. Would be legit, too, because he can actually speak so many different languages. All right. Enough of us gushing over Cesaro being James Bond. Let's move on to <laughs> Sasha Banks taking on Reginald. Reginald tried to start off and off on the right foot by presenting Sasha Banks with a rose, but the boss was more focused on being a thorn in Carmella's grand plan. Despite the amazing ar- uh, Arab acrobatics by the som- sommelier, the SmackDown Women's Champion capitalized once she got her hands on Reginald and forced a tap out with a bank statement. Koopa, your thought on this intergender
0: match... You tapped out to a girl, bro. That's all I have to say. You tapped out to a girl, bro. I don't
1: care. Um, man, Sasha's small. You that tapped out to a
0: girl. That too. I, I mean, I, I would,
1: but I mean, I would mean, too. I would I, too. I'd I'd tap out to her. I mean, I'd let her touch me first. I wouldn't even try whoa, to escape whoa, her. Whoa, okay. I'm hold, just saying, I wouldn't. I wouldn't on, even hold, try to escape. a big man. We even try to
0: escape it just but just anyway, go anyways back to the match at hand uh yeah it was uh, i don't know i didn't really care for it i thought it was kind of stupid yeah but it is what it is yeah that's always it is it, what is, it is
1: what it is all right next up we had uh big e taking on apollo cruz for the intercontinental championship Apollo Crews was uh, set out to reverse his fortunes in the Intercontinental Championship rematch against Big E. The challenger showed off his elite athleticism early, but the powerhouse of positivity appeared ready to match him punch for punch. As both competitors battled in the ring, a disgruntled Sami Zayn crashed the match with a pair of huluva kicks to his uh, two rivals, which ended
0: the match in a no contest. Koopa, your thoughts? Sami Zayn, go the hell away. No one cares. Like... Come back with a different freaking attitude, dude. You're a dick. Or go help Pumba.
1: He needs another Timon again, and you're the best one he's got. So I don't
0: know, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. No. Wow. <laughs> Seriously, dude. I really don't care for Sami Zayn. And messing up a good match like this, it was a good match. Why'd you have to?
1: We're gonna make it a triple threat match at the Royal Rumble. Why?
0: GP, bro. GP. General purposes. Yeah, well, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna do what he always does and snakes the win. Yeah, probably. Then he's gonna act like he's the world's greatest intercontinental champion and no one loves him. They all do that. All all the heels that win the championship all do that. Sami Zayn is whiny. He's ugly, and he reminds me of somebody I just want to punch in the face. Okay, the we're
1: not going to get into personal business on Anyways, the podcast.
0: Let's 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 get back to doing what we're doing. Exactly. Anyways,
1: next up we <laughs> have Bianca Belair taking on Bailey in the Ultimate Athlete Obstacle Course Challenge. Bailey led laid, laid down the challenge for Bianca Belair, and the EST of WWE was up for the task. After Bailey opened the competition, the role model made some adjustments to the course for Belair's turn. The world-class athlete breached through the course and dunked on the former SmackDown champion uh, to finish the competition. Bailey was blindsided by Belair during her celebration as the irate superstar
0: left to think of a new plan to humble the newcomer. Cooper, your thoughts? What can we say? She's athletic, bro. And uh, I think uh, Bailey might have bit off a little more than she could chew. It was funny, I actually watched a
1: TikTok from WWE that showed uh, Bianca Belair because her her ponytail is so freaking long, she can jump rope with it. Oh, man. And she was doing it, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, that's impressive, but why?
0: But why, yeah.
1: (laughs) Man, I'll give you credit. That's impressive. She's like, but what's the point? (laughs) Right. Are you showing off your athleticism? Did you you just get bored one day and decide, I'm going to try and jump jump rope with my hair? With my hair, because... She's obviously probably had to be growing it since birth, and (laughs) hasn't cut it, like, ever. Ever. Well, those are some pretty good extensions. (laughs) Really good extensions. (laughs) I'm roping. All right, man. Next up, we had uh, King Corbin taking on Dominique Mysterio. After costing his father a victory last week, Dominique was out for payback against King Corbin. The step-up in weight class proved to be a tall task for the blue brand uh, neophyte. I need to know what that is, obviously. As Corbin... Something I actually don't know. It's surprising. As Corbin imposed his will with multiple body shots, a vicious right hand followed by the end of days from Corbin set up a royal victory. Cooper, your a thoughts? A royal
0: victory. We can tell who they like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I understand Dominic wanting to come back and, and, and fight... You know, for honor and and uh, get some payback. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is a tall order. King Corbin is kind of a a bully, and uh, it is what it is. I, I want to say kind of a dick, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, yeah. So hopefully, we'll see what happens with the rumble with this this whole debacle because. Between him and and Rey Mysterio and and all that, um, I I like the fact that Dominic is out there, you know, and trying to do. How much I to put this? I like that he's out there trying to be a WWE superstar. Mm-hmm. I would like it more if maybe he did it without his dad. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Um, unfortunately, I don't like
1: this. All of a sudden, King Corbin's now on a winning streak. Yeah, that too. What is up with that? Yeah. Why? Why are we pushing him again?
0: Don't know, bro. I really don't care for it.
1: Um. All, all I hope for is King Corbin ends up entering one or two in the Royal Rumble and gets eliminated <laughs> quickly. Because yeah. if he freaking gets close to the end, I'm going to be freaking a nervous wreck all of next Sunday night. Luckily, it's next, and you know I kind of figured out why they did the Royal Rumble on the thirty-first because the A. S. C. and N. S. C. championship games are tomorrow, and they didn't want to lose ratings. Well, then you, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like because they had that big break on the thirty-first between from football, so that kind of makes sense. Oh yeah. All right. Next up, Roman Reigns brawls with Adam Pearce and Kevin Owens. The WWE universe was in expecting the unlikely throwdown between Adam Pierce and Paul Heyman, but as it stated last week, cards are subject to change. An injury, quote-unquote, to Heyman ushered in the head of the table, who took delight in attacking Pierce. As Reigns lined the WWE official up for a brutal toss from the uh, Thunderdome perch, Kevin Owens emerged to throw Haymakers on the Universal Champion. KO hit multiple stunners on Reigns and ended up, or ended the night by smashing the big dog through an announce table with a pop-up power bomb.
0: Yeah, Cooper, on brother. your thoughts on how SmackDown ended. Oh, man, that was crazy, dude. I, you know, uh, I'm excited for this match against him and, uh, him and Reigns, dude. I'm kind of glad that they've kind of switched gears with it. Um, it is always kind of fun to see, you know, an official get their ass kicked, anyways, but, you right. Know, because I never really cared for Adam Pierce. I think he was just like, oh, we're going to throw you in here and this is who you're going to be type thing. And and uh, they're pretty much feeding him to the dog. <laughs> the big dog. Quite literally, so, head of the table. There you go. Everything
1: else in, in between. Yeah, man, I mean, it was a fun, crazy uh, night uh, for sure for SmackDown. A great way to end the night. Um, kind of fun, gives a little bit of momentum back to... Kevin Owens, obviously, which helps make the uh, the intricacies of the match at the Royal Rumble that more um, stimulating, I believe, in that aspect. Definitely. So it'll be uh, very interesting to see how all that pertains and how that works out. Of course, uh, when we talk next week, we will be, of course, uh, previewing the Royal Rumble uh, next Saturday. Uh, we'll be giving you our thoughts. We'll, of course, do some uh, guesswork on who we think might appear. Because uh, it's been a while. So, obviously, we were way off on some of them last year. Uh, Definitely, but yeah. We, of course, we had the great surprise of Edge returning last year, which was fantastic. Um, so, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when it comes
0: to... Uh, Could he return this
1: Another one? I was a little disappointed, though. Um, what was a uh, Wrestling Illustrated didn't name him comeback of the year. They named MVP
0: comeback of the year. I'm like... Okay, I really, MVP's only wrestled maybe a couple of matches since coming back, and you know whatever. I mean, I guess maybe because he's been on TV more because he's not wrestling. Yeah.
1: And Edge has been dealing with some little bit of injury since coming back. Yeah. So, so I guess we'll we'll just see, but of course, yeah, we could see him back in January. We could see we can see lots of things. Maybe we can see the return of Ronda Rousey, possibly, you never
0: know. That would be cool. But, of
1: course, we'll discuss that next week, and then, of course, the following
0: week, we'll be then recapping what happened at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, so, as far as everything goes throughout the week, as far as Raw, AEW, SmackDown, they're kind of, when we do these... Reviews, we kind of review the pay per view and then call it good. Yeah, I would review on some you know AEW pay per views, but uh, I can't pay ten dollars a month for that, All right?
1: So, you know, of course, if there's anything major breaking or happening within uh, WWE or AEW, of course, we'll bring it up and talk
0: well, about definitely, it. Definitely, definitely.
1: So, of course, don't feel like we're just gonna completely ignore the shows obviously no, something huge we, happens we
0: love AEW is great um yeah it's good to see wrestling back on tnt again and mm-hmm. uh you know um maybe one day they'll have their own little network uh, i think right now there's just they, they've got to they've got to get some more content before they can do that and it seems like they're more concentrated on doing the video game right now yeah and i can't wait for that dude because right. uh this year's wwe game was lackluster i didn't care
1: well for. i mean this past year's because they didn't do one this yeah. year because they were trying to improve it for next year
0: yeah well i hope so because uh yeah this game they came out with looks like little cartoons <laughs>
1: yeah so. and it had a lot of uh a lot of graphic issues uh we heard so yeah well of course you know because you played it um All right, man, so, of course, tomorrow uh, we're back with ball night. It's basketball talk. We do have a couple uh, baseball in-house stuff to talk about, Uh, so we'll throw in a little bit of baseball for ball night. But it's mostly going to be basketball recapping the week and uh, talking about some things that have been going on in the NBA thus far. Oh, yes, it's going to be very, very cool. And, of course, uh, don't forget to tune in Tuesday because we'll be recapping the conference championship games. Because it's going to be fun on a bun. Yes, I can't wait for that, dude. It's going to be nice. That's right. And uh, also, a little heads up, at some point we'll be throwing out some NASCAR talk. That's right, baby. Oh, yes. We're going to be speaking about that NASCAR, baby. That's right. And they don't just make left turns anymore. They do some right turns. It's called road courses. <laughs> just playing
0: with you guys. All right. That does it for me, brother. You got anything else to add? I... Well, yeah, we uh, we actually got a a uh, an offer. And uh, speaking of NASCAR, we got an offer from from uh, Wendy Jones to actually promote our podcast mm-hmm. throughout some NASCAR weekends.
1: That's right. That'll be coming up down in Daytona. Uh, those will actually start beginning. I believe it's next week is when uh, a lot of the um pre-events for Daytona 500 actually uh, commence uh, starting next week. So well, of course that's why I actually mentioned we'll be talking about some NASCAR because obviously she's doing us a favor so we also have to do her the favor and then of course we'll just go ahead and add NASCAR to the schedule. We'll figure out exactly when we're going to do that. Uh, football season's winding down. We might let it take over football spot unless of course something interesting Yeah, that, comes that
0: would be really good. I mean because then we could just kind of keep the schedule
1: the same way. So, so. But we'll, we'll work out the kinks, But of course, we'll let you know if it ends up changing. Because, as they say, the card is always subject to change. Oh, yes. As they say in the wrestling biz, or boxing biz, or any biz that has a card feature. All right, man, that does it for all of us here at Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. And, as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports.